Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of the show that we call Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I'm the podcast producer here at BTSC, and I am glad once again to have you all with me. Whether you're in your car, whether you're at work, and if you're choosing to hang out with me here in Bad Language, or any of the BTSC podcasts in the family, you know, we really appreciate you because we can't do this without any one of you, each and every one of you, actually. No, we can't. The reason is you're our muse and you give us a sounding board and we really appreciate everything that you do. Make sure you not only check out this show, you check out Let's Ride This Morning with Jeff Hartman. You check out from the cutting room floor tomorrow morning with Jeffrey Benedict. What a fantastic show is. He breaks everything down for you Steelers. The Fix. Man, Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar or... Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts, they've done a fantastic job bringing in guests. Hey, they had a potential number one draft pick, actually a potential top 10 draft pick, one that the Steelers have had their eyes on, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. They had Eric Gray, also the running back from Oklahoma. And last week, Jim Nagy, a name that you're going to be hearing a lot the next couple of weeks because he's the director of the Senior Bowl. So really interesting stuff there. 
So definitely check out all these shows. Check out another episode of The Hangover with Shannon White and myself. Tony Defio will be off for the next couple of weeks on assignment, but we will hold down the fort. So make sure you take care of all of your Steeler business with BTSC and download it wherever you find your favorite podcasts. So with that being said, let's get into it. Wow, what another weekend without Steeler football. It was a whole lot better for me yesterday seeing the Cincinnati Bengals go down in a Cincinnati Bengal-type way with Mr. Osai getting the penalty out of bounds. Now, a lot of people are really upset about that. You know you're going to hear Bengal fans complaining about it completely. You know that they're going to give themselves the Lombardi. You know Zach Taylor will not be like the 12th president of the United States, and he'll be complaining like crazy. And he will go ahead and not be able to distribute a game ball to a local bar this week. Cincinnati Bengal fans, a majority of them are a little delusional. And I always heard this as a kid. Heard this as an adult. Act like you've been there before. That's advice for every situation. Act like you've been there. Well, Cincinnati was there last year. They didn't know how to act. So, you know, you can give them a pass. This year, they had a really good season. They followed up that season. They thought they were going to do it, the whole thing. They thought they were going to get there. I don't really have a problem with Zach Taylor. I think he has a big head, but my melon huge. So that's not a problem. But I think there's a lot of crybaby potential with this situation for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow's biggest problem is he's got a big ego, and we would love it if he was on the Steelers. But a lot of us are going to get turned off, and that act's going to really go away real quick. It's going to get old real quick, really, is what's going to happen. It's not going to go away. I like how he says, yeah, man, we've the window is as long as I'm here. That's confidence. But he was cool in the clutch on a fourth and sixth play yesterday. But after that, not that cool in the clutch. So Joe Cole was Joe lukewarm. Really interesting to watch that game as it unfolded. I thought for certain in the second half, the Cincinnati Bengals were going to win that game. Do I have love? For the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, absolutely not. I have no clue who I'm going to root for. I'd root for Rihanna at halftime, but I don't like the musical stylings of Rihanna. Last year's was awesome. With the hip-hop artists from the 90s. We've had Beyonce in the past. She was great. Bruno Mars. Good stuff. The weekend was weird. I liked it. They're going more and more to more contemporary artists. They don't want to have the legends that are in their 70s now. We saw how that worked out. The Who weren't that good. The Rolling Stones thought they were okay, but they, they just weren't the same. So the Super Bowl, they're trying to do different things with that. But back to the Bengals. Yeah, they're they're gone. So the biggest thing they have right now is the 30th pick in the draft. I know they're going to continue to be a good team. I know they're going to continue to make waves in the AFC North. 
but Baltimore's not going to go away. The Steelers are not going to go away. In fact, ESPN listed them in their top three teams that are not in the playoffs for right now that will be next year. And they're a couple players away, and, and we understand that. We understand how close they are. Kenny Pickett has to continue to progress. He's got to throw more than one touchdown a game. We get it. But these guys, they're not going away. The biggest thing about the Bengals, I I don't like how they handled the coin flip and the refund news and the off-site. Now, a lot of people say, well, they got jobbed in that. They got the division handed to them. The Ravens kind of got jobbed in that too. They initially handled the DeMar Hamlin situation really well. But look, if that happened on any other home field, it would have been handled well too. If it happened in Acrisure Stadium, there would have been Steeler fans there as well at the hospital. If it happened in Kansas City, if it happened in Arizona, if it happened in Cleveland, it they would have all represented. And they got praise for the way they represented. And they were thrust into a bad situation. They were a part of a bad situation. I get that. But I'm still stuck on the jokes and fake coin flip. Actually, real coin flip. He brought out a coin. To mock the NFL, because when you're mocking the NFL in that situation, I thought you were actually mocking the source of it too, and Demar Hamlin. And that's one thing that can be argued. I'm sure there's other points, and I've heard those other points. I still haven't changed my mind on that. I'm probably not. I just thought it was a classless move. Talked about the Bengals being Bengals. Well, When it's deep into a playoff game, they find a way to lose their head. The Bengals have come to the defense of Osai. I love it. That's what you need to do. Cincinnati, don't give this guy any crap. He made a mistake. But it was a blatant push out of bounds when, when you need to contain yourself. Would a Steeler contain themselves in that situation? No. I. In the heat of battle, those things happen. Those things happen a lot when you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Kind of do. So this division is not theirs for the next 10 years. We know it's not. Definitely not going to be. You're going to have a fight on your hand from Pittsburgh. You're going to have your fight on your hand from Baltimore. No matter what happens in the Lamar Jackson situation. The Lamar Jackson situation scares the hell out of me. The best thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the rest of the division is for the Baltimore Ravens to pay this guy and be in cap hell. You know the Bengals are going to end up being in cap hell with Joe Burrow. They're not going to be able to afford other luxuries. The hope is that the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to be in cap hell because they've got a great quarterback in Connecticut. That's the hope. But these things don't last in this day and age. 
you go back to the 1979 Steelers. If there was a salary cap, oh my God. Holy gee. Oh, bad. Those guys would have stayed anyways. No, they wouldn't have. I'm going to get to that in the second half. They would have not. They would have gotten what they are able to get. And you can't blame a player to do that. One more thing that I've got a that's driving me crazy. We talked about the DeMar Hamlin situation. Two-time World Series winner Aubrey Huff has come out and said he's intimating that uh, either DeMar Hamlin is dead or he's in really, really bad shape and there's a body double. Oh, my gosh. What kind of crazy conspiracies are we getting at? NFL's not the CIA. This isn't the movie Dave. Great movie, by the way. Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, fantastic. Frank Langella, too? Oh, man, that is such a great movie from 1993. That movie is 30 years old. It still holds up. Watch it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, guy looks like the president. President is out screwing around one night. So they bring this regular guy named Dave that's a presidential impersonator to just walk through and wave to people. That's all he has to do is walk through. It was some kind of dinner or I'm not sure what it was. That's all he had to do. But, well, the uh, president was on a, a rendezvous with maybe a secretary. I don't know who. Guess what happens? Stroke. He's not dead. But they just don't trust the vice president enough. Man, that's out of the pages of Woodrow Wilson days. <laughs> it really is. So Dave has to become the president. They have to teach him how to be the president. And he really is. But the NFL, can we do that these days? Uh, that wasn't done anyways. That was fiction. But the NFL is not going to do that. Oh my gosh, that has got to be one of the most ridiculous takes that I have ever heard. Aubrey Huff, I, I've forgotten about you. Congratulations. Your name's going to be an infamy now. But wow, that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you imagine? Oh, uh, hey, well, let's just get a, get a body double for Damar Hamlin. No, gosh, come on. DeMar Hamlin's funny. He came out. Uh, I loved it. He came out with a, a tweet or on Instagram. Some kind of social media. Man, I sound old saying that. But he was next to, a, I believe, a picture. And there's like the word clone behind him. That's an Easter egg that you got to love. Good job, DeMar Hamlin. Oh, gosh. This kind of stuff is, is crazy. The internet has given us more reasons for conspiracy. Hell, my brother-in-law, who is a complete whack job, I don't associate with him. He put out a website like about 15 years ago 
that got shut down by the government because it was like all these stupid conspiracy theories and just absolutely ridiculous. And if you meet him, you're like, oh man, this guy's, this guy's absurd. But it's also First Amendment stuff, so I'm not going to tell you not to do it. You have the right to do it, but you have the right to be mocked when you do it. But anyways, bottom line to the whole thing, championship games this weekend. We talked a lot about Cincinnati and Kansas City. Kansas City came through. Did they get a gift at the end? I don't know. I thought it. I would have thrown that flag every single time. Cincinnati had other chances to win it, too. You can't just pit it on that one thing. That was actually a really entertaining game to watch. A stink fest was San Francisco at Philadelphia. Not really San Francisco's fault. Everybody was was hurt. And they just couldn't do what they could have done. I'm not going to say that San Francisco was going to win that game with Brock Purdy in there. He's got a UCL injury. That's a big deal. But then Josh Johnson goes out. They got to bring him back in and he couldn't throw. There's no way they were coming back in that game. So Philadelphia goes forward. Philadelphia, you know, they've got to be careful because they weren't really tested the last in the playoffs at all. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward. Who are you going to root for? I, who am I going to root for? Oh, I don't know. Part of me wants to root for Kansas City because it's Juju Smith-Schuster, and I still like Juju Smith-Schuster. A former Steeler is definitely going to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, excuse me. Javon Hargrave might win it. Juju might win it. You know Ray Ray's not going to win it because he was on San Francisco. You know Mike Hilton's not going to win it. Man, a lot of people don't like Mike Hilton anymore after this whole thing. Eh, you know, that's the same kind of, uh, he might be annoying to us right now because he's in a Cincinnati uniform, but I'd kind of give him a pass because that's the same type of stuff that we're doing. Let's take a break. We are going to bust some myths here on Bad Language. Right after this, stick around. You won't look my way. Oh, come on, girl. I said, Liam, I'm to be so mean. Ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am on the subway train. Sitting between two finest girls. Yep, we're back. It's bad language. Um, B-A-D, Brian Anthony Davis. Hated that nickname as a kid. Hated. I I mean, people would call me bad. I'd I'd feel like I was like this bad kid and a bad seed. I wasn't. I was actually a nice kid. I was a dork. But I was nice. And then the Michael Jackson song came along and I hated it even more. I didn't hate the song. I just didn't tell anybody about bad. And then I had a stupid nickname and said I, I would have loved to have had bad back then. A lot of people called me BD in my life. My sister just called me B for years. Other people just called me B. No, 
one really called me Brian Anthony Davis, except for mom when I was in real trouble. I don't think that was too often, but it happened. You, you know it. So anyways, now I, I picked it up as my moniker. I, I like being like having the name bad. So hence bad language. We really don't have to bleep anything out here. That's not the kind of bad language we're going to do. But a lot of you might want to cuss me after we go through this list. Steeler mess. It's things that Steeler Nation think that just aren't true. It's not. So let's start with the first one. And this one has a lot to do with what we're going to experience coming up. When Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and the Roonies and Mike Tomlin, they make decisions about personnel. Number one, that guy's not worth the money. Man, I, I've seen this in live chats. I've seen this. Oh, he's not you're, He's not worth it. You've got people out there. And you've got so-called commentators out there that want to cut everybody, even though their contract's not over. Miles Jack is one of them. You know, it's funny. The play of Miles Jack was polarizing the fans last year. You either thought he was a great signing or a bust. It was 50 50. I've been hearing everybody say it. I thought Miles Jack played very well for the Steelers. Other people will disagree. And then I've heard bad. He's not worth the money. Worse the money. He's not worth the money bad. It's not worth the 12 million. But that's what his price tag is. Also, Devin Bush Jr. is not worth the money. They're not going to resign Devin Bush because he's had his chances. No. People are calling him one of the biggest bus draft picks of all time. I'm not going to go that far. It didn't work out the way they wanted. They got some good things out of Devin Bush Jr. They didn't get enough of it. And that's the thing. And people will say that. They didn't get enough for trading up to the number 10 pick at the time. And Kyle Christ had a really good argue, excuse me, article about this on behind the still curtain.com. Check this out. What were they saying at the time about Devin Bush? It's a great pick. It was the pick that most general managers were going to make at that time. Except for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who took Devin Lloyd instead of him. People were going to go ahead and do that. But he's not the one on the list. He's not the reason I'm talking about it. What I'm talking about right now, this guy's like Miles Jack. So we want to cut Miles Jack. We want to cut Robert Spillane because he's just not good enough. Which Robert Spillane came on. I mean, they don't win some of those games at the end without Robert Spillane. They want to cut Marcus Allen because he dances way too much. It's the only one moronic suggestion was that all he knows how to do is dance. No, he's there because he's a special teamer. Again, if you cut all these guys because they're not worth the money, who are you going to have to play? You're not going to have any linebackers. None at all. You're going to have Marcus Robinson, and that's it. And Marcus Robinson will be a decent player, but he's going to 
not be one of those guys you want to hang your hat on as a starter. Because right now he's a dynamic run stopper. That's it. He stuffs the run. But he also, my gosh, Nick Chubb made him look crazy. But he's a seventh rounder and he's a rookie. You give him time to develop. But some of these guys, Marcus Allen, special teamer. I don't know if Marcus Allen's going to be back. Because they signed another Penn Stater, Dan Chisnay. I can't pronounce his name. I'm not sure exactly what his name is. But that's an interesting signing. He's a wide receiver, but he could be that special team guy. When you're like, I don't know who this guy is. Well, Steelers know who he is. That's why he's there. That's why they sign these guys to futures deals. They brought back Quincy Roche, and you're going to be like, well, you know, uh, there he is. He's the savior. No, Quincy Roche is a back of the roster type of guy that's very important to have. Pieces of the puzzle. I talk about it all the time. Pieces of the puzzle. Now, you know Omar Khan. You know what he's going to do. He's going to turn around. And he's probably going to redo and extend Miles Jack's contract. So he's not going to be here for $12 million. But he's not going to just cut him. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, so you don't think a guy's worth the money. But you've got to fill out a lineup. You've got to fill out 53-man roster. Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and I, we play daily fantasy together every week. We've got $60,000 imaginary fantasy dollars every week. And we pick a new lineup every single week. You've got to pick a quarterback. You've got to pick a couple running backs, a wide receiver, a flex guy, a defense, a tight end. But you've got to look for those lower-priced guys to be able to fill out a roster and win. And you've got to hit on them. Kind of like the lottery. But you need a guy to make a veteran minimum to offset the cost of a franchise quarterback. Now, you don't have the franchise quarterback yet. It's Kenny Pickett, but he's not franchise quarterback money. And also, people are complaining about Deontay Johnson making the money that he's making. Look, I would have traded... Deontay Johnson before Chase Claypool at the trading deadline. But I'm not on those phone calls. I don't know what people want. But when they signed Deontay Johnson to the contract that they did, it's not going to kill. It's not killing your salary cap. And he's your number two receiver. The hope was that he was the number one. But with George Pickens, everybody wants him to be the number one receiver anyways. But you got to have guys around him. You've got to have Oates and Garfunkel for every Daryl Hall and Paul Simon. You've got to have Robin to Batman. You've got to have Ron Weasley to Harry Potter. You've got to. And I tell you what, he makes a pretty good Robin. Remember back in 2015 when... Antonio Brown goes down in the playoffs because Vontez Burfecht knocked him all the way to hell and back. Mike Tomlin said, hey, we've got 
a Batman and Antonio Brown, and he's not here, so we need the Robins to step up. In that game against Denver, that playoff game, which they did lose, they shouldn't have lost, but they lost. Martavis Bryant was fantastic. He was a Robin becoming a Batman for the day. So don't think a guy's not worth the money because they have the checkbook, meaning the Steelers, and they know where they have to spend it. Steelers are too conservative, number two. They're not. They're making the same kind of moves that a lot of teams make. And if you think they're conservative, we haven't seen a draft yet with Omar Khan. We've seen trades. We saw a great move with moving Chase Claypool to get the 32nd pick overall. My good buddy Joey Christopoulos put out a uh, article in a podcast about how Steelers uh, won that trade, but they didn't win the war. They still think Chase Claypool is going to be great for them. I think it's fantastic. I hope he is great for you. But the trade works for the Steelers. It really does. So they're not afraid to make big moves like that. You didn't see a lot of them in the past with Kevin Colbert. But this is a new era. Don't pigeonhole Omar Khan and Andy Weidel because I think we've already seen some deals from them that they're not afraid to make. And also with Kevin Colbert, he made deals towards the end of his tenure that they didn't make before. He kept adapting with the times too. So my favorite, number three, Actually, let me say this. Let me, let me, one more thing about being too conservative. Another one is the Steelers just don't have the money to pay these guys. I remember when in 2020, you knew they could not hold on to Bud Dupree and Javon Hargrave. Kind of, kind of wish they would have held on to Javon Hargrave, but at the time, they needed Bud. They needed that that outside linebacker presence and they made moves to try to fill in the blanks for the loss of Javon Hargrave that didn't work out completely but everybody's saying I'm like all right there's some free agents everyone's like with what money Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield apologized to me for chastising me along with a lot of commenters and like they don't what what money Brian I'm like, don't use the what money thing with me because if anybody's good at finding money in the couch cushions, it's Omar Khan. And he brought in guys. He brought in Eric Ebron that year. He brought in Dave, uh, Derek Watt. He brought in Stefan Wisniewski. That didn't quite work out. Made a trade for Chris Wormley. Two of those four guys are still here. He was able to make moves. He restructured contracts. He moved things around. They have that ability. Jeff Hartman talks about a phantom salary cap a lot. I kind of agree with him. Because salary caps keep going up, you can keep making moves. Who knows with the Baltimore Ravens, they can keep Lamar Jackson and pay him a boatload of money and they won't be as in bad shape as they were with Joe Flacco. The hope is that they would be, but... If you know how to manipulate that cap, like Omar Khan and Eric DeCosta of the Ravens do, ah, you're good. 
So the next one, Mike Tomlin won with Bill Cowers players. True. He had a lot of Bill Cowers players there. You're going to, when you come in, you're not going to get rid of all the other guys. Chuck Noll did. And it took him a while to win with his own players. Chuck Noll got rid of everybody except for like Andy Russell. He wasn't afraid to. And he told everybody, hey, somebody else is going to be in your spot. Love Chuck Noll. Wow. Surly guy. He was great, though. Brought this team championships. So I was looking at some things. In Tomlin's first Super Bowl, he had seven of his own players. In his second Super Bowl, he had eight of his own players starting. Of the 22, he had eight starters. Because, you know, he brought in Lamar Woodley. He brought in Lawrence Timmons. Richard Mendenhall, who played in that Super Bowl too. I'm not even counting Richard Mendenhall on the 2008 list because he was hurt. But he had 26 players on that 2010 team. Yeah, they did not win a ring. But he got to another Super Bowl with a lot of his own players, nearly half. Can't fault a guy for that. Did he continue to win? He's gotten to a lot of playoffs. And you know the record. And I'm not going to talk about the record because people are split on that. If he had worse than that record, he'd be gone. You know that. Steelers can't draft a quarterback or a cornerback to save their lives. Well, I know this was a long, long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. 52 years ago, 53 years ago, they drafted Terry Bradshaw. That worked out. In between the quarterbacks that they drafted didn't quite work out, but some of them were brought in to be backups only. Mike Kruzek. In 1976, Bradshaw goes down. He comes in and he has to win six games in a row to help save that season. And he did. Then Ben breaks that record years later. But he had the record with six wins to start off his career. Mark Malone, I don't know what he was brought in for. I, I still think that they felt like Mark Malone was going to be the guy and Cliff Stout was going to be the guy that uh, backed up Bradshaw for a while. They Those guys did not work out, especially number one pick for Mark Malone. Their number three pick in 1990, thought that worked out. Their number three pick in 1986, Bubby Brister, did some decent things. He wasn't a winning quarterback. Won a playoff game, but that's not enough. That's not what I'm saying. Look, as much as you hate that guy in 1990, Neil O'Donnell, he could have won a Super Bowl with this team. No, he didn't. That's the other myth. He did not. He did not throw that game. He did not get paid off. Corey Holiday runs the wrong route. Ernie Mills gets knocked out in that game. Ernie Mills doesn't get knocked out. There's a different situation. Then the cornerback situation. Yeah, bad. It was years ago when they got uh, Mel Blunt and uh, Rod Woodson and that. I get it. But recently they haven't. Well, you 
don't want to lose Cam Sutton right now. They drafted him in the third round. Artie Burns didn't work out. They wanted William Jackson the third. They have him now. Don't know if they're going to keep him. But when you take the fifth or sixth cornerback available in the first round, it's going to be watered down. But he was the next one to go. He really was. He was the one scouted at that spot. You don't you don't stretch and draft for need just to get that guy. Don't. Don't do that. And they really did that. They don't do that a lot. But don't do that. That's what happened with that. But I'm still telling you, quarterback and cornerbacks are positions that you ultimately want in the top 16. Really, you want them top 10. Because those are the guys that are on a lot of islands. And those are the guys that if you don't get them pretty early, you've got a crapshoot. Do they develop corners as well as I would like them to? I think it's scheme too. Maybe they don't. But they've had some pretty good cornerback play as of late out of guys that aren't studs and were not picked high. So that's something to think about. Because anybody that freaks out if the Steelers take a guy like Joey Porter Jr. or Cam Smith this year, Cam Smith out of South Carolina, I like a lot. If you freak out because you're taking them at number 17, ah, they just wasted a pick on a corner. No. We don't know who they are. We got to find out who they are. You don't just don't stop drafting corners because you don't know how to. Because you haven't had success. That's crazy. The Jalen Ramseys of the world are going to go really fast. And that's how that's how you do better. When you're picking that late a lot, it's tough. You still found a way to get TJ Watt at number 30. But the reason you saw a lot of success from the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals this year, because they spent a lot of years drafting very high because they played really crappy. And that's the bottom line. This is my favorite one here. Art Sr. and Dan wouldn't have put up with that behavior. <laughs> oh, Paul. Everyone talks about how Tomlin's not a disciplinarian. And you have, I mean, because he's pumping fists and he's on the sidelines and he's dancing in the locker room and allowing Marcus Allen to dance and discipline. My gosh. First of all, I've been watching some highlights and I love Joe Green. Great, one of the arguably one of the greatest dealers of all time. Joe Green did some, my gosh, watch the 1977 AFC divisional game against Denver, where he just punched a guy in the gut on the field and he got booed off the field. He didn't get kicked out, didn't get a penalty, but he just cracked the guy. And then you have Jack Lambert in 76 or 77. He held out. Dan Rooney had to go to the airport to pick him up and have a situ- have a conversation with him and say, hey, this is what we're trying to do. We'll try to get you paid. 
But Jack Lambert held out. Hammond Greenwood, Jack and LC almost went to the the WFL. They almost left. You had Arrowhead Ernie Holmes shooting at a police helicopter. He just freaked out on the interstate in Ohio and started shooting. He played another year or two. When, when Marcus Allen did something stupid, and granted, he did something stupid. That penalty against Carolina going in their huddle, people wanted him cut on the spot. Oh, Chuck Noll would have cut him on the spot. No, Chuck Noll wasn't cutting him on the spot. If Chuck Noll could have used his services, Chuck Noll was keeping that guy. Same with all those other superstars. They weren't getting rid of those guys. And another thing, You've got that 1979 homegrown team, which is one of my favorite examples of being one of the best teams in history, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had nobody from another team. They managed to keep all those guys because there was no salary cap. If there was a salary cap, and Jeff Hartman said this on his show the other day on Let's Ride, you wouldn't be able to keep a guy like Mel Blunt because you have to pay Terry Bradshaw and... Joe Green, their money. Maybe Franco has to go. Maybe a lot of those guys can't. Oh, you can't have that many superstars. You're not going to see superstars like that again. So it doesn't matter sometimes what the decade is. A lot of these players are going to have the same mentality. It's just different times. Definitely different times. Mom and dad tell me, it's like, hey, kids these days are a lot more mouthy. You guys didn't mouth off like this. You guys didn't do stuff. Well, they don't know half the stuff I did. I was smart. I knew how to get away with it. I didn't mouth off because I knew I would be in a whole lot of trouble. I got the belt like once in my life. Statue of limitations over. Don't turn my parents in for that. But I got the belt once. If you grew up in the 70s, you got the belt. One time, I got the belt. And it was like weak. They did it weak. But I never wanted the belt again. And I knew they were serious. So, I didn't get the belt again. My sister got in trouble a lot just for arguing. She was a good kid, but she would argue. Take a jacket. No, I don't want to take a jacket. Come on, take a jacket. You might get cold. No, I'm not taking a jacket. I don't want to take a jacket. Jacket's this and this and this. Take a jacket. I'm not taking a jacket. All right, you're not going. Next thing you know, she's grounded. So I'm going out the door maybe two years later, and Brian, take a jacket. Okay. Go grab the jacket. You're not going to wear that jacket, are you? You need to wear the jacket. I'm like, you told me to take a jacket. I'm taking a jacket. If I get cold, I'll put the jacket on. I'll see ya. I've got the jacket. Never got in trouble. Why am I saying all this? This is just a much different time these days with the players. But if you had any of those Steelers from the 70s, they would be prone to stuff like this 
in the 2020s. So yeah, Art Senior and Dan, they put up with behavior that they wanted to put up with. And that's what coaches and organizations still do today. They're not cutting you if they don't have to cut you if you're giving them value. All right. Hope we busted some myths. It's time to get on out of here. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been another episode of Bad Language. Have a great week, everybody. Make sure you check out everything BTSC. We are going to have a full slate of podcasts because we're everything Steelers. Remember, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Bad Language. And as always, I ain't apologizing for nothing.